we learn how to love. We learn what love is, and love begins to embody us, and it begins to fill us, and it, and it eventually will permeate our entire lives. But it is a process. Welcome to episode 24. I'm Adam Como, host of the Walking Closer podcast. We have been talking about our feelings in the last several episodes. Um, this is a very important topic to discuss, to, to, to meditate upon, because far too often we are controlled, mastered by our feelings. Now, feelings are indicators. They point to conditions. They they can help us identify aspects of our character that we need to address, that needs transforming. Uh, and we, we, we have a model, an icon of what that looks like in Jesus, who demonstrated godly character in everything he did. And as his disciples, it is into his image that we seek to be transformed. Now, this process of transformation starts with our faith and hope, that is our confidence and anticipation in God. Now, this confidence and anticipation, that is our faith and hope, it gives us strength to be faithful, to endure. And this endurance through the process helps to develop godly character, holy character, the, the character of Jesus. It helps to create holy conditions in our hearts. And as this is developed, it transforms us. And these holy conditions begin to permeate our entire lives. And this process, it helps to realign our hearts under God. And this godly character involves conditions and that evoke feelings. Now, specifically, the feelings that are associated with the fruit of the Spirit. It's like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are not just feelings. They are conditions that can bring about positive feelings. And, and as we progress on our journeys, we will experience these feelings more and more as, as they really permeate our, our entire lives. Now, as disciples, we do those things that cultivate these conditions, what are those things that help to cultivate these conditions? It's at this point, I think, that I would expect you to want me to give you some very specific exercises to try. And, and through a dedicated process, all your bad feelings will go away and you will float through life, as it were, without a care in the world. But things don't quite work that way. In fact, if they did, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast and large scales of people would be freed from every weight and sin that so easily entangles us, as the Hebrew writer says. Because there's tons of literature with, with various formulas and remedies that promise that it lead, lead to a life that is fulfilling and, and freeing. Yet, we remain empty and under bondage. And we feel it. We know it's there. So what can be done? 
how do we deal with the conditions we so easily feel? Now, what I'm about to say, you can find it in Dallas Willard's Renovation of the Heart. In chapter 7, specifically, under Transforming the Mind, part 2. And I think that he says it best. And essentially what I'm going to say is comes from that, it summarizes that. How do we move forward from here? Essentially, we must cultivate love, joy, and peace, right? Which lay the foundation for the fruit of the Spirit. We must cultivate these things, and we do that in our relationship with God. And then in our relationship with God, as we're on this journey, He will show us how to dwell in them. And so, first, we have to receive them from God and and those already living in Him. And then we have to extend them to others through prayer and attitude and action. Let me tell you what I mean by this. And again, this comes from Renovation of the Heart, uh, this concept uh, that Dallas Willard pulls uh, from Scripture and really lays it out for us very eloquently. So as an example, let's we talked about love, joy, and peace. Let's talk about receiving God's love, right? We talk about receiving these things from God and those who are already living in him, because those who are already living in him, well, will have these things within them and permeate throughout their entire lives. We receive those from God and those who are in him, and then we, in turn, extend them to others, okay, through prayer and attitude and action. It's about intentionality. It's like we, we, we've got to want this, right? We've been very intentional about doing these things. And so uh, to kind of help paint a picture about what this looks like and what we're talking about here, Let's talk about this uh, as an example, receiving God's love. Okay, but first, before we do that, we have to define love. What do we mean by love? Well, Dallas says we love something or someone when we promote its good for its own sake. Okay, and it's not to be confused with desire or lust. Like we love something or someone when we promote its good for its own sake. We want it's we have its best interest at heart, and we we love something and we promote something, and we want that good. We will to do good for that thing towards that thing. We want the best for it, and it has nothing necessarily to do with us per se or what we get out of it. Okay, it's all about that thing or that. That, that, that person, okay? We love something or someone when we promote its good for its own sake. And that love, too oftentimes, is confused. And it's, but, but we have to be careful that we don't confuse love with desire or lust, okay? Because we can desire things without consideration for its well-being or, or another person's well-being, right? Uh, Willard says this. He says, I might desire a chocolate ice cream cone, but I do not wish it well. I wish to eat it. And we could, we could fill in a blank with many examples that explain this very thing. Desire can be good, but only when it's ruled by love. Otherwise, it can be destructive. Now, we talk about receiving God's love. We know that God has our best interests at heart. We know that God wills to do good for us and, 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 and promote us for our own sake. We know this to be the case. John 3.16, God loved the world in this way that he gave his only son. It is Jesus who stands for love and pays the price for it, unlike anyone else. 
right? Romans 5, 6, while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Nothing else even comes close to showing the kind of love God has. John 4, 7, love is from God. John 4, 19, 1 John 4, 19, he first loved us. Chapter 3, verse 16, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. In other words, his love is the standard of love, and all other loves are measured by it. Now, Jesus reveals to the world, to us, God's love for us. And when we receive or accept that love, it has the power to awaken in us love. First John 4.19, we love because he first loved us. It's what leads us to being madly in love with God, as it were, loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it naturally has the power to lead us to extending that love to others, loving neighbor as self. First John 4.12, when God abides in us, and remember God is love, we love one another and his love is perfected in us. And so just as God has our best interests at heart, we do the same for others. Now, this is where we, we, we now have to talk about the whole endurance and faithfulness, right? Because it's in the context of relationships that we need endurance. Because remember, it's, just not, it's not just me and Jesus, right? My relationship with Jesus automatically puts me in connection with others who are in Jesus and others whom Jesus loves, right? Where we love those whom he loves. We hold in high esteem those he holds in high esteem. And that is essentially everyone. So it's not just me and Jesus. Now, it's in the context of those relationships that we need, right, to talk about things like endurance and faithfulness, okay? And in in, in the process of this, we do things like putting away all evil behavior and deceit, hypocrisy and jealousy and unkind speech, right? These are all things that are in the context and done in the context, used in the context, res- responses that we see in a context of relationships. We have, it's in that context, right, that, that these are the things that are oftentimes demonstrated, but these are the things that we want to put away, 1 Peter 2, 1. Now, in those very moments and those very opportunities that we have to extend love and joy and peace, etc., it's in those very moments that we also often experience the feelings that lead to evil behavior, deceit, hypocrisy, etc., right? But here's the thing. Paul says in Romans 12, 9, let love be without hypocrisy. In other words, let it be genuine. Let it be sincere, right? This alone takes, it may take a lot of effort. Willard says, may take a lot of, lots of effort, learning, and tons of grace. There's your endurance, Okay? It's this process that we go through in learning how to act and respond and be in relationship with others. As we receive God's love and love from others, right? we learn how to love. We learn what love is, and love begins to embody us, and it begins to fill us, and it eventually will permeate our entire lives. But it is a process, and 
for some of us, it may be a very long process. Uh, it may be a very uh, uh, hard process. And again, take a lot of patience, right? Lots of effort, lots of learning, lots of falling, lots of getting up. It's going to take tons of grace. And th- there's the endurance. Now, during this process, we have to come to terms, though, uh, with what our feelings really are. Right? Uh, we have to deal with the deep negative feelings we may have towards others. And, and remember, because those deep negative feelings we have can affect how we react to all people. Okay, uh, You never really know what's going on in someone's life. You never really do. And things that we carry around, the baggage that we have, things that have happened to us, events of the day, that may be life, traumatic life experiences, it, it, whatever it is, we carry those things around with us, and they do affect how we respond to other people. And people see that. We know that. We've experienced that. They do affect us. And in this process, okay, we have to come to terms with what our feelings really are the deep negative feelings that we have towards others. We have to address underlying conditions, the baggage that weighs us down and prevents spiritual growth. And, and sometimes there are deep wounds from past relationships and situations that we, ha- we have not properly dealt with. Sometimes it means we just simply have to acknowledge things. We have to confess things. We have to talk about these things just simply Doing that helps us to actually face them and be able to move forward. Other times, it may take efforts and restitution, seeking forgiveness, even seeking counseling to help us deal with these wounds. Uh, Simply put, we have to be intentional about dealing with the wounds in whatever manner is necessary. We have to want it in order to be able to face it. The process that we're talking about here involves us identifying the harmful feelings that lead us to doing those things that are wrong. It may mean you, you need to write those feelings down if that helps you identify and relate to things. It may mean you need to speak with someone you trust who is wise and can give you guidance. Regardless, listen, again, you have to be willing to identify and address the harmful feelings that lead to wrong thoughts, the wrong actions and words, okay? And when we address them, we are dealing with the ideas and images that fill our minds. We are addressing our past experiences, the things that have formed our hearts. We are saying that we want to abandon those that are harmful and embrace those that are true and holy. We, we butt our thoughts up against what Jesus says, and we compare them. We bring into question our ideas and line them up with the mind of Christ. This is what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus. Like this is what it means in addressing these feelings, identifying them and addressing them uh, helps us to, 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 to understand the underlying conditions that are there that need to be changed, that need to be transformed. You don't want to be controlled or mastered by your feelings. You want to use them to help you identify those things that need to be addressed. Now, as we close, I want to, I want to give you uh, some things that you can do. This, this comes from a renovation of the heart and daily practice. Think about the possible images, ideas, and information of God's love, joy, and peace that resonate with you. 
They might include something as simple as a hummingbird or as deep as the concept of atonement. Jot down some words or phrases that come to mind. In the midst of this, consider destructive feelings that have come up in you in the last week. Perhaps fear, anger, unsatisfied desire, woundedness, or rejection. Don't hurry. And if nothing comes to you, ask God to show you these things as you are adequately prepared to receive them. Ask the Spirit to reveal the underlying settled conditions that keep these destructive feelings active, like vengeance, contempt, self-pity, discouragement, inadequacy. Also, ask the Spirit to reveal to you the ideas, images, or bits of information that nurture these feelings and that, that you keep in front of your mind or in front of your eyes through the media. And finally, ask the Spirit to replace destructive conditions and feelings with settled conditions of love, joy, and peace, as well as confidence and hope. Consider the thoughts you will need to dwell on to cultivate these settled conditions of love, joy, and peace. And close by thanking God for being the essence of love and for willing your good today. Now, again, this comes from Renovation of the Heart and Daily Practice by Dallas Willard and Jan Johnson. It's a neat little book, in Experiments in Spiritual Transformation. And I find it very helpful when it comes to uh, looking for some very practical things to get you understanding uh, some of the concepts that uh, are spoken about here when we talk about spiritual formation and transformation. And I hope that you see how all the things that we've talked about thus far um, are, are, are interconnected with this. See, because if you're going to address the feelings that you have, you want to replace those, right? You really have to address the underlying conditions because the feelings uh, identify or come with these underlying conditions. And so when you have love, joy, and peace, well, they have accompanying feelings, right? Anger, resentment, rage, jealousy, etc. have accompanying feelings, okay? And so you got to address those things. Now, in order to address those things, the implication is, is that, especially if you're trying to be transformed to the image of Jesus, you are a disciple, there's some things that go unsaid, right? They're implied here. That your mind is already going to be focused on things that are above. That you are engaging in this process of keeping your mind and filling your mind with the things that are from above, with Jesus. When you're a disciple of Jesus, you come with the intentions of learning, listening, obeying, and demonstrating that you are a student. You want to uh, become him, become like him, right? You, you're engaging this process. And so this means that, you know, like we've talked about thus far, these are things that we are working to have in our lives. We're focusing on our minds. We're filling our minds with those things that are going to form us, that are going to transform us. We're taking our lives and the things that we've experienced and, and the ideas and the images uh, that we have, and we're comparing them to, and we're butting them up against Jesus and what he said and who he was, right? And we're abandoning those things that are harmful. We want to replace those things that are destructive with those things that are holy, with those things that are healing. We want to become as it were, that healing presence, right, in this world. We want to be the light. We want to be Him. Like, I hope that you see and see the connection between all the things that we've talked about thus far and how that is interconnected with this concept of transforming the mind and how it actually addresses these feelings. Once again, it makes no sense for us to allow ourselves to be controlled by our feelings. But feelings can be very powerful. Very difficult thing to overcome. And when that's all we've known, when that is a normal everyday practice to be mastered by your feelings and letting your feelings dictate who you are and what you do, 
it's, it can be a very difficult thing to break. So it means that it, it takes us to be uh, very intentional, becoming aware of those things and using those feelings that we have to point to us the underlying conditions. And it's in that process that all the things that we're doing by being a disciple, putting our minds on things that are above, uh, filling our hearts with those things that can form it and transform it, you know, our journey, walking alongside God, drawing nearer to Him. It's when all those things that we engage in, they come into effect and they have power. But here's the thing. If we're not engaged in those things, at the end of the day, what kind of formation is taking place? Are we drawing near to God? We, are we filling our minds with those things that are going to help us? Are we quenching the Spirit? Are we doing the things that fill us with the Spirit? Do those things that cultivate the conditions in our hearts that are godly. And the feelings? Well, they'll take care of themselves. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and share. Connect with me on the Walking Closer Facebook page. Drop me a message or any questions that you may have. Make sure to join us next time as we explore becoming like Jesus from the inside out.